The views and opinions expressed as part of this podcast in no way represent those held by American Football Ireland. As always, guys, this show is just a bit of crack, so please, no giving out. Hello and welcome to the Domestic Game Podcast, where we bring you through the insights and stories of all things American football here in Ireland. We're your hosts, Joe, not that Kinahan Kinahan, and I'm Robbie Caldwell. Let's get down to it. So delighted to say that we're joined by the newly appointed head coach of the Wolfhounds, uh, Dan Shaw, formerly with the Belfast Lions. Um, so Dan, thank you very much for joining us on the podcast today. No problem at all. Thanks for having me. Yeah, well, we're, we're delighted. Obviously, it's a, a very exciting time in the flag, um, in the Wolfhounds department and the flag department and, and all things that are kind of overcrossing there uh, with the recent announcement of uh, American Football Ireland hosting the European Flag Championships. So it kind of brings me to the first question that we had for you, which is, you know, how is the role going so far? I can only imagine it's been very busy. And what has the what kind of work have you started to, to do? Uh, yeah, it's been good. It's been 100 mile an hour so far, um, sort of coming in and getting the staff together and, and looking at player selection. Um, we're hoping our first camp will be the 14th of May. Uh, so it, it hasn't given us, with with the announcement there on Wednesday, we haven't had a huge amount of time to prepare for that, but we're hoping that it'll be at least the first opportunity from players who maybe didn't get a shot with the last Wolfhounds regime or maybe during COVID. I mean, we've picked up new flag players. There's people that Joe will be able to tell you from the league in the summer tournament that weren't involved with flag the last time we trained and that will now, you know, want the shot at playing for their, for their national team. So yeah, it's been a lot of, a lot of conversations with AFI and with getting a coaching staff together and working with Alan Orr um, regarding the structure of the team and how things are going to look going forward. Um, Obviously the championships have put a little bit of a timer on us to have something to really aim towards. Um, I think it, it is sort of the perfect time frame for us having the 18 months that, if the tournament was, say, two and a half years away, there's players who maybe you, you wouldn't get the same excitement from them for it. Um, and similarly, if the tournament was six months away, I'd have a lot less hair than I do now. Uh, but having the full 18 months to prepare for it, um, I think it'll give us a really good opportunity to compete. I mean, Aidan Maguire did a fantastic job um, of acquiring these championships and bringing them here to Ireland. Um, we're very grateful to him for the work he's done. Um, and also to the University of Limerick. Uh, we were down looking at the facilities on Wednesday there. Um, and it looks like a fantastic place to host a tournament. Um, I think that a lot of teams from across Europe will be very impressed um, with what we're able to put on. Um, but yeah, I'm just looking forward to get stuck into the role and, and meet the players in the 14th. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, the 14th of May, that is a very quick turnaround. It doesn't really give a huge amount of time, but you're just right. It's kind of no time like the present to kind of get going. Um, and I'm glad that you mentioned player selection because I think that's the thing that you know myself and Joe were talking about that probably most people want to hear about I think Joe you were saying you're inundated with questions at the minute about player selection how that's how that's gonna look and and that's kind of the, the main question that we have what what does it mean uh having a new head coach for the Wolfhounds do the players that were on the team let's say 
before before now do they automatically have their spot or is every spot now up for grabs or or what way are you are you working it uh, so the way we're looking at it is that nobody's spot is secure from the last camps obviously the players who came down impressed uh, the coaching staff is retained obviously i was previously defensive coordinator and have now stepped up the head coach um, and my former assistant alan barnwell is going to be staying on as assistant head coach so we've obviously experienced the players who were involved with the last camp um, I'm very excited. There are a number of them who are being retained and being re-invited as it is um, down, but there's there's certainly spots there for new players to come in. I mean, we, we had, as Joe was saying, a coaching call during the week and you know spent a lot of time going over with the, the coordinators and the staff who we are looking for. People who maybe weren't involved previously or people who didn't feel there was a lot of, I don't want to say misconceptions, but maybe preconceptions about the staff and about if you didn't play for a certain club, you weren't going to get selected. That's certainly not the case going forward. Um, I'm fully intending to take the best 15 players to Limerick next August. If that's from 15 different clubs, fantastic. If it's from 10 clubs, fantastic. I'm going to be picking the best 15 available to me. Uh, there's not going to be any bias. I know that it's you. It's the usual with a national program that people sort of feel that because the coaches have come through club level, that that's who they're going to have an affinity towards and that's who's going to be selected. But we will be holding open tryouts and, and we'll be grading players based off what we see on the day. Uh, I mean, looking at sort of provisional roster in front of me, I'll not like too many names to unfortunately, but uh, from the 25 that we've been looking at, it would be representing 11 different clubs. Um, and that's Good. something that we feel maybe there wasn't that level of representation last time. Certain clubs felt that without speaking to the coaches, you know, <laughs> it can be a difficult conversation if there's already a negative relationship there that certain clubs felt that they weren't involved, that the Wolfhounds, yes, it's Ireland's flag team, but it didn't represent them. And that's something that we really don't want to see going forward. We want to make sure that everyone knows that the Wolfhounds represent everyone. Uh, it's Ireland's flag team. If you're an Irish player, if you're Irish born or have citizenship here, you play flag football and you want to represent Ireland, the opportunity is there for you. Um, I'm certainly not going to be taking a squad from two or three teams down to the tournament next year. Um, as I'd said, the Allen previously is, you know, the tournament's in Limerick. It's not in Milan. It's not, if I wanted a nice holiday down in Limerick, I'd just book a bus and we'd all go down. Um, <laughs> it's not a case of, you know, we're not getting the glamour of the trip, for example, but it is an opportunity to go down to great facilities and play against the best teams in Europe. And yeah. I'm certainly not intending that we're going to go down and embarrass ourselves. We're going to pick the best players available and, and hopefully put on a bit of a show for people. Yeah, that's brilliant. It sounds really, really positive. And I'm sure that everyone listening will both be, you know, quite happy to hear that, but also be quite motivated to try and get one of those spots for themselves. Yeah, so you're on about um, squad selection there, Dan. Um, obviously, with there's only going to be one season um, between, between now and the championships. Uh, is there anything that teams or clubs or players themselves can do to you know, maybe give themselves a better chance of getting on the squad? You know, do you want, you know, like, is it stats or is it video or, or you know, is there anything that you, that you want from players, you know, to give themselves the best chance possible to represent in Ireland? That's a great question. Yeah, one thing that I'm hoping to, to speak to coaches about on, uh, during the week, next week, we're hoping to have a call with all the ABC and GBC coaches, sort of debrief them on what the Wolfhounds programme is going to look like going forward. Um, and what, as you said, what it takes to, to represent your national team. Um, I'm hoping to be doing a fair bit of scouting with my staff 
when the season starts up. I know there's rumours of sort of summer blitzes and things like that. I'm hoping to be up basically just to take in as much flag as possible over the next nine months. Um, between now and Christmas, I, I'm hoping to be at as many league games as possible. But as you say, you know, I can't be at two places at once. If I'm at a, a GBC North game day, I can't be at an EBC South game day. Uh, it's on coaches then from their clubs to try and get me stats or videos of games, anything that they can to make their players as easy to select as possible. Uh, at the end of the day, when I select a player from any team, I have to be able to justify that selection to my staff and to the selection committee. If you can provide me stats of your players and videos of them performing, that gives me ammunition to say, this person has made the squad because of X, Y, and Z. If you drop me a message as a coach and say, pick this guy from my team, and you can't provide any stats or any footage, that's not a selection I can justify. You know, I, I need the players to be selectable. I need them to be attending the training camps. I need them to be visible to me um, across the league. I know we've had, I've already had players reaching out to me saying that they want to be involved in the program from clubs that maybe didn't have representation on the Ireland team before. And when I ask them, you know, why should I be selecting you? I'm getting a similar answer most times of come down to my game days and see, yeah. which is what I want. I want players who are hungry for that green shirt. Yeah. And the, again, the best way for coaches to facilitate a player making the Ireland team is, as you said, Joe, footage. I, I can't be at a GBC game day and an ABC game day in the same day, but if I can go home and during the week watch the game day back with my coaches, then we can make certain, you know, we can we can grade the players and what we see. Um, there will be open tryouts with each session. The plan is very much to run flag clinics as it is between 9 and 12 on each training day. Those will be open to anybody to come down and try out and impress the coaches. Um, I know players last time felt that if they couldn't make the first trials, that was it. They didn't have an opportunity to attend. Going forward, we do very much want, obviously, to maintain a core group of players, as any national team wants to. You want players that you see on a regular basis that you're comfortable working with, that know your playbook, that are involved in the programme. But at the same time, we never want it to feel like a closed door that a player could easily take up flag this summer and play in a couple of blitzes, impress in the league in September and be in my squad for November. You know, there's nothing stopping anybody from really coming down and impressing. Again, the key is visibility. I need to see them. I need to see their stats. I need to spend as much time with them as possible. You know, to be honest, I'm sure my coaches would love to have three sessions a week with the Wolfhounds. That's not going to be possible. Uh, when you're bringing players together from across the island, it's not always going to be easy to train on a regular basis. We might only see them once a month. And between now and next August, when you take in the league in the account and the Christmas break and the weather and stuff, it's we're not going to get as many sessions as we'd like before these championships. Um, and that's going to come down to needing to see players as much as possible on playbook calls or installing calls, things like that that really give us the edge. Um, I think that's the only good thing to come out of COVID from a coaching point is that we now have Zoom. We now have remote coaching. We have that ability to speak to players beyond the three or four hours on a Saturday. And we're really looking to capitalise on that. But again, yes, there, there will be trials for each session and an opportunity for anybody to make the team. Brilliant. Yeah, that, that sounds great. Um, I do want to kind of uh, acknowledge the elephant in the room because you've said, you know, there's a few teams that feel that, uh, you know, they, they weren't being picked for for the Wolfhounds. And I assume that we're talking about the likes of the Eden Dairy Eagles, let's say, um, who were quite vocal on social media and stuff like that about feeling that way, given that they'd kind of won everything that they'd entered for 
for the wee while. So are you are you in a position to confirm or deny that, or will there be no comment? No, I'm happy to confirm that. Yeah, the Eagles are definitely a team that didn't feel they felt that to represent Ireland, what they had to do was go abroad as Eagles. Yeah, they didn't feel like pulling a green jersey on represented Ireland to them, and that that's disappointing to me. Not that I'm disappointed in them for feeling that way. I'm disappointed they were made to feel that way. Um, if I'm brutally honest. Um, that's what these calls next week are looking to do. I, I want to speak to the Eagles head coach. I know that um, the Minotaurs and the Hurricanes as well were two. Uh, the, um, the Outlaws down in Cork as well. Didn't feel that it was necessarily as representative as it could be. Um, now I know obviously with training locations, stuff we can't please everybody all the time. Um, if a training session's in Dublin, people from Belfast have to drive down. If it's in Belfast, people from Dublin have to drive up. That's just the nature of it. Um, but yeah, there were certainly clubs, and as you've mentioned there, the Eagles are a big one that were quite vocal about the Wolfhounds not being their national team. Um, and yeah, that's something right. I'm looking to change. Um, I'm more than happy to have a phone call with any coach. I'll be passing my details out during these calls next week. If you don't feel that the Wolfhounds represent you, give me a call and we'll, we'll look to change that. Uh, we're going to have an open door policy at training. If a coach from a certain team wants to come down and have a look, whether that's to get involved in the clinic side, I'm more than happy to have assistant coaches who come down one or two sessions just to help out. Just, you know, at, this should be seen as a great opportunity, not just for players. Players love playing with elite players. But there's coaches who maybe, and I know I count myself in this bracket that living where I live, I can only really work with players in Belfast. Now I've been l- lucky to work with the Lions and the Trojans and the Elks. I've never got to work with Maynard Hurricanes or South Dublin Panthers. I see this as a great opportunity as a coach to grow myself working with better players. We're going to leave that door open. If a coach wants to come down and help out, or if I know some coaches were a little sceptical last time at what coaching are my players actually getting at national team training. If you're concerned about that, give me a call. Come down, view the session. If you have any, if you have any suggestions, you know I'm not a guy who's set in my ways, who it's my way or the highway. That's, that's not how I coach. If you have ideas I feel will make our national team better, bring them to me. You know, I know Ken Farrell's one who, uh, you said about the elephant in the room, Ken, Ken's somebody who's quite vocal about the standard of coaching in Ireland when it comes to flag. If Ken wants to come down and view a session, he's more than welcome. Um, I've no problem with having anybody down around training. Yeah, brilliant. Dan, I'm going to jump in there on you now. Like, as, a, as someone who was the director of flag there for two years, Giving your phone number out to everyone in the league is a very, very dangerous policy. You're going to be getting <laughs> phone calls and text messages all through the night. I remember there was a couple of weeks where I was uh, averaging about 300 WhatsApps a day. Just be very careful. Maybe just a bit of advice. Get yourself a second phone. <laughs> well, my girlfriend's actually sitting in the room with me, so the, getting a second phone might be a bit dodgy, Robbie. But um, I, I'm, <laughs> I, I love the sound of my own voice. If you want to have a phone call with me, go ahead. Um, you know, I taking this job on, it was made very clear to me that, look, when you take this on, you're going to be open to ideas, open to people getting involved and also open to criticism. There's going to be people, it doesn't matter how we do things, that disagree with how we run this program. That's just a way of life. You know, a guy who coaches in Belfast and think differently to a guy who coaches in Dublin, to a guy who coaches in Cork. There's going to be different ideas on the table and not everybody's going to agree all the time. We have a structured way of doing things, a way that we feel is going to put the best team on the field next August. That's our goal. I'm not here to pick people I'm friends with. I'm not here to put people in positions 
that, oh, well, you know, I've known them a couple of years. They can go in. That's, that's not what we're doing here. I, I want to go down next August and compete. I actually was very lucky to have a conversation um, with the head of competitions for IFAF on Wednesday down in Limerick. And he was talking me through their process, the, the way they select players, the, the sort of selection committee side where they'll put a panel of players out and, and pick from that. There does need to be that transparency. I think there is a little bit of reputational damage to repair where certain players feel that no matter how well they play in a league game, what stats they send me, what film they send me, if it's from a certain email address or a certain team, I just won't look at it. And that's not where we are. And again, that trust is going to take time to build up. I know that if I go on these calls next week and tell every coach that I'll pick their players, not everyone's going to believe me. Um, it's on us now as a staff and as a management team to put a team out there in May that if coaches from teams that are maybe a little sceptical come down and see, they say, okay, this is, this is a new way of doing things. This team is not training just to award their friends a green jersey. This team is training to compete next August. That's the goal. Yeah. And yeah, again, you know if what? anybody has... Sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say, I think a lot, an awful lot of, of what you're saying, Dan, is going to be like music to people's ears, to be honest. And uh, it's a very like fresh approach that maybe we haven't seen before uh, in American Football Ireland or even in, uh, in the flag department. So um, I think that... Um, that would be that'd be great. Um, one of the things I wanted to ask you about, because obviously you're, uh, you know, from the Lions, who are historically very strong in terms of building even the women's team, um, because we have the potential to enter even two teams into this into this championships, and then that was also something that we are we're huge fans of of GP, the last head coach of of the Wolfhounds here um, on the podcast, and it's something that he was very was very strong in doing was bringing the women together and, and putting out, you know, a team and managed to get the first kind of proper all-female training going just just before, just in the last training camp. So is that something that, that you will continue to focus on as well um, in as head coach of the Wolfhounds going forward? Yeah, 100%. Um, I mean, the women's game is growing on this island and it's fantastic to see um, in terms of not just in flag, but in contact at board level. Um, there is definitely a more open environment now. And I think that's a real positive. And I think a flag has started a lot of that. Obviously, it's a lot more of an accessible sport, not just to females, but to anyone. Um, it's a lot harder at times to be prepared for a kitted game than it is to, to give flag a go. Um, it's a lot less daunting. It can be a lot more welcoming environment. It's certainly something that I'm looking to carry forward. Uh, we are looking at maybe a different way of organizing the women's team. Um, I think that because we play a mixed league over here, but a lot of the European competitions aren't mixed, um, that obviously poses its own challenges. Um, in an ideal world, I'd be able to pick a mixed team for next August, but that's just not where we are, unfortunately. Um, but yes, we, we, there certainly will be a women's team element to the training um, in the same way that we've invited down the 25 core group for the men's team. We will be inviting female players down to training and um, to be involved. Similar to the trial aspect, if people want to come down and get involved that maybe haven't played flag before, I know it was something that was looked at with the previous regime that we would maybe need to look away from just the flag league um, to put a women's team together. Um, unfortunately, AFI's league is not at the level where we have, you know, it's similar to the men's game where we don't have 100, 150 female players to select from. Yeah, yeah, um, I, yeah I, you know, it can it, it can get there over time. It's just not where we are right now, unfortunately. 
Um, so we may need to look down other avenues um, to bolster the numbers for that women's team. But it's something that we're definitely prepared to do. I fully intend to put a women's team in the field next August. That's my goal. Um, I think we're looking at the impact these championships can have. I do believe men's flag and women's flag will grow from these championships. Um, putting an opportunity for a player to pull a green jersey on and go out there and represent this island is a huge honour. And we want it to feel like a huge honour for both the men's and the women's team. And I'm hoping that carrying on after these championships, that the, the domestic league will start to feel the effects of them coming here. That we do start to see female participation increase, that we start to see more sideline coaches in flag. We start to see purists coming through. Um, you know, One thing that I've been very keen on is flag-specific coaching courses. Um, I'm hoping to be reaching out to coaches across IFAF in the next couple of weeks to say, look, can we get a sit-down similar to the, the Hope Through Football calls? Can we get you know 10 flag coaches from Ireland on a call with Denmark's head coach? And they can show us how they do things. Um, I think it's important to grow the game. When you look at the, the ABC and the GBC playoffs last year, the bowl games, you have Ken Farrell and Eden Derry and Niall Quinn and Craig Gavin, both sideline coaches, both teams made the bowl. You look at the GBC Bowl, you have Joe Buchanan and Shaw from the Lions and the Panthers, both made the bowl. You know, you're starting to see the impact that sideline coaching can have on flag football. It's often been a player-coach scenario, more down to numbers than anything. If a team's bringing nine people, probably going to need them all to play. Whereas we're starting to get to that level now where we see the impact that designated sideline coaches can have on the game. I think that we, we can use these championships for a lot more than just a chance to represent Ireland. I think that they can have, it can have a real impact on our local game, whether that is through coaching clinics, whether it's through officiating clinics, for example. Um, I know it's something Joe Buchanan's been working on, and I'm sure you've had a say in, Kelly, about improving the officiating and flag. It's something you've been passionate about for a couple of years. I know you helped out at the Wolfines last time. I really want to see the officiating. Haven't done anything on it. Uh, I'm in the department mostly on on the kid, so I can't I can't take too much credit from Joe if there's some <laughs> stuff. It has been it has been pretty much him. But I mean, like maybe I should say nothing and just be like, yeah, yeah, it's all me. Officiating <laughs> <laughs> something that when we go into this tournament next August, it will be officiated different than a lot of flag games that we've played before. And again, yeah, that comes down to the lack of experience that our our officials have. If we can put out a designated flag officiating course, something that maybe run by IFAF refs or guys who have been over to these international games and officiated them, I think it's just going to help grow the game. You know, that, that's what we all really want. Flag football is such a wonderful game to play. You know, I've been involved in it since I was 17. Um, I'm coming on nine years now. Um, Jesus, that feels older than it should. But uh, yeah, nine years in flag football. Yeah, and, and I, I can only that, imagine... Um, sorry, I can only imagine the, the growth that you've seen across those nine years compared to where it was and where it is now. When, when we started in Coleraine, it was us, the Razorbacks and the Cowboys were the only three teams in the North. And we now have a six-team EBC North and a, a five or six-team GBC North um, and the same replicated in the South. And I think to see that development, a couple of guys, you know, I think that deserve credit for that, guys like Joe Buchanan, um, you'd mentioned their G has put a huge amount of work into the game over the last couple of years. I think people like that, and Robbie yourself as well as director. Robbie Caldwell. You know? Robbie Caldwell. I say, we nearly <laughs> left him out. Yeah. Nearly left him out. You know, this call is just so to end very quickly so there if, uh, if my name wasn't dropped. So. <laughs> Robbie's definitely got a wee question there that he's just waiting for me to insult him so he can drop in. Um, but no, guys like that that have taken on the director role, you know, it, it's all voluntary. 
Robbie gave a huge amount of time to it. G, who's now in the role, and gave a huge amount of time in his previous uh, time in the role. Guys like that that just want to see the game grow and want to see it succeed. Um, I think people like that are invaluable to flag over here. Um, it's not the dominant sport on the island. It's far from it. Um, you know, even at club level, we compete with rugby. We compete with, with GAA, soccer, all these things that we're trying to pry people at 16, 17, 18 away from that they've been in since they were maybe five and six. And seeing the AFI's plans to have a more school-based programme that we, we do introduce flag maybe at 13, 14, and we start to grow the game that way. It's not going to happen overnight. Um, I know Aidan Maguire mentioned it uh, on Wednesday during the press release that it's all part of the five-year plan, that we're hoping these championships will be a boost. People who maybe would never have come across flag will now see flag as something Ireland's competing in. Um, and I think that's a real opportunity for us to reach out after the championships and start to grow the game a bit. But yeah, we, we, we're very lucky to have volunteers across the sport, whether that be players, coaches, um, administrators at board level that really do want to see flag grow. Um, and I think the association's going the right way. It really is exciting times now for, uh, for all that's happening. And as you said, you have about 14, 15 months until the start of the championship. Have you many uh, potential teams or other countries that you might be playing before them just to sort of get an actual competitive run out against, against guys? That's something I'm very keen on. I don't want our first international game to be next August. Um, I think that puts us in a difficult position for players. That, you know, a, a player can train brilliantly up the next August, but they don't know the benchmark of what they're coming up against until we play another national team. Now, whether that be us entering one of these inv invitational tournaments that happen across Europe, or whether we contact other national teams and bring them over here to play a blitz day, I do intend for us to face other opposition than ourselves before next August. I think it's the only way to really for me and for our coaching staff to look at the players and see where we are. You know, it can be difficult when you're grading against yourself every session. Whereas if we do get that little benchmark game where we play one or two countries, we can start to see where we are in comparison to the rest of Europe. We're not at a stage where, you know, we have film of previous championships, but it's very hard obviously to compare a, a team that we've just seen train in Dublin in May, for example to a 2017 European Championship team. It's just not easy to make that comparison. Whereas if we can see our guys on the field against them, um, I think it'll start, to, it'll start to let us know exactly where we're at and what we need to work on. But yeah, it's a great point that we do need to start getting out there. Um, I know the, it's something the Wolfhounds contact team have done where they went and played Belgium and they've had Belgium come over here. Um, and I know there was the discussion of a game with Holland as well, that those games are what make us better. There would help our coaches see new ideas. You know, it's we do it on a local scale with Wolfines now, where I'm taking coaches from the EBC and the GBC from the north and the south and bringing them together because it's fresh ideas in the room. And if we can expand those horizons a little bit more, start to look at how GB run their team, teams like Germany, Denmark, and start to get a real benchmark of where we need to be by next August. You know, I don't think anybody's. I don't think there's any illusions among the coaching staff about the task that we have here. Um, it is our job to put a competitive team on the field next August on home soil. There's a little bit of pressure there with us hosting the tournament, um, but that's something that from early discussions with the staff and with the players I've spoken to that we're going to thrive under. You know, the, the players, it's not often that you get a chance to play in a European Championship and it's really not often 
you get to do it in front of your friends and family on home soil. Um, it's a huge honour, one that might not happen. Uh, we don't, you know, we don't know when the next time we get the host games are. It might not be in any of these players' career windows. You know, the, the players who are coming into their their primes now and looking at next August as a chance to represent Ireland, that might not be something they get again on home soil. Um, so they're very keen, as am I, and the rest of the coaching staff that really make the most of it. Um, and to leave something next August on the field that for 5, 10, 15 years we look back on as something to be proud of and that helped to grow the game. Yeah, uh, I, I, I want to see this national team in a much better state um, than it is right now. There, there is the problems with certain teams not seeing it as representative. Um, there's certain preconceptions about what we do and how we pick players. By next August, I, I want the, the national team to be seen as the very peak, the way it is in the contact game. Um, and I'm hoping that with the, the staff we have in place, that that's something that we're going to achieve. Yep. And that all sounds uh, brilliant, to be honest, and a real point of national pride at the moment. I'm kind of like going to be looking up flights home, you know, to like chance my arm or chance my shoulder, considering I've dislocated it a few times playing flag at this stage, you know, see if I can get a spot. But I don't know, I think I'm, I might be past it at this point, especially by the time our August comes around. But you never know, like after that, after that we talk, I'm kind of thinking, yeah, I know it's doable, it's doable. <laughs> so I hope that everybody else that's uh, listening is feeling that way as well. Um, I'm conscious that we're kind of running out of uh, a bit of time here. So um, I don't know, Joe or Robbie, do you have any other questions for Dan before we let him go? Uh, if we uh, offer 50 quid, uh, can we get the, the podcast logo on the Wolfhounds jerseys? That's not my call, Joe. That's, that's, that's nothing to do with me, buddy. Um, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll hit up Alan. I'll hit up Alan or see what the story is. Please do. <laughs> yeah. But no, thank you guys so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. Um, it's good to get the word out there of what we're trying to do and and really start to put it into people's minds that maybe won't be on the call next week just to say that, look, this is a new programme. This is something with a clear goal in sight next August. And I think you put it quite well, Kelly, that pull, pulling that green jersey on should really mean something. Uh, yeah. It means something to the coaches. It means something to the players I've spoke to already. Next August is a matter of national pride. It's a chance to host the tournament, to bring Europe's best here and show them that Irish flag is a lot better than we've been given credit for. Um, and I'm really looking forward to it. And yeah, can't wait to get down May 14th to see the players uh, work with the coaching staff. Um, I think there is a real excitement around the team right now that what we're doing is being done the right way um, and that there's with the clear goal in sight next August is something that, that everybody can get behind. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it certainly certainly is coming across that way that you are doing everything right and that you're getting straight to it as well. Very very quick turnaround for for mid May. Uh, those are that session is that's in the um, in Blanchardstown, is it in the the Sport Ireland complex? Uh, I don't actually have the venue confirmed for it yet. I will have okay. by Monday. No problem. Um, I have a call with on my call next week. I'll be able to. Or it'll probably be Alan. I'll brief the teams on on location and time and stuff like that. Uh, we're hoping going forward that we'll be able to give players a sort of three month plan of where and when we'll be training. Um, yeah. Obviously, yeah. As, as you said, it's been a fairly quick turnaround getting me into the role and, and getting things yeah. started. But um, best way to do it, do you know, it's like it's yeah. it's good. It kind of it kind of uh, feeds a good bit of trust. Like when when it's something like right, you're you're in the 
you're in head coach, you're just hitting the ground running and, and we can already see that there's a training started. As you said, like there's definitely a lot of excitement now building across the league and I'm sure that uh, athletes would have no bother getting themselves to wherever in the country this uh, session on the 14th of May is going to be. So um, no, I'm, I'm sure now that the it'll, it'll be great and I'm only jealous that I'm not going to be there myself. But actually, no, I could, I could, I'll be home. I'll be home at that time. I could be there. I could see you on the 14th, <laughs> which might be a bit yes, presumptuous of me. But um, no, you know, you're, you're more than welcome, Diane. Brilliant. Uh, I, I know you're Open door involved, policy, as you said. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's that's the real goal that we have for this is transparency with the teams. Um, you know, before when the players were selected, there wasn't necessarily a clear pathway of how that happened. Uh, we'll be using a grading system. We'll be using tape and things like that. If, if a coach wants to know why their player hasn't been selected or why they have, we'll be able to give a clear pathway to how that happened. Um, and much to, to Robbie's suggestion, I, I I will be giving the phone number out if you want to call me. Any coaches, any players who want a conversation about the team, more than welcome to. Um, that That's brilliant. Right, Dan, we'll, we'll leave it there. Listen, all I can say is thank you so much for joining us today. I think... Um, you know, you, you've come on and you've just given us so so much more content than I think we were even ready for. And it all just is, sounds like music to our ears. Like, so thank you so much. Really, really appreciate the time. No, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thanks for having me on. Um, I hope we get seeing you all soon.